Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. What do people including Nelson Mandela, Ariana Huffington, Jack Dorsey, Nassim Taleb, Admiral Stockdale, Viktor Frankl, Theodore Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Bill Gates... Tim Ferriss and Ryan Holiday, what do they have in common? They're all leaders practicing stoicism. Now, stoicism is something that sounds like this outdated, old, like unemotional, detached kind of philosophy. But that is a huge misconception. And if you follow me on LinkedIn or on Instagram, you know that I'm a follower of Stoicism and that I have started to speak more publicly about the benefits of Stoicism to leaders in today's corporate organizations. Because I think these timeless principles with that modern approach are a wealth of wisdom and a set of principles that are essential to leadership success in today's world where we're dealing with so much change, uncertainty, adversity, and complexity, and all of that. And so if you're a leader in, especially in a fast-paced organization, and you realize that leadership and how you show up and the principles by which you lead and which guide you are going to be essential for not only the success in your role and your organization, but also for how to create a life that is sustainable, creating sustainable productivity and success. So you're not on that roller coaster ride of emotions going up and down, driven by external factors. You're not wearing yourself out and carrying this heavy emotional and mental load that often leads to burnout. You're realizing that failures are all part of the process and it's not about not failing, it's about how quickly do you get back up and how much do you learn from past mistakes. If all that resonates with you, then this episode is for you. I'm going to share four specific ways and how stoicism can benefit leaders like you today. By the way, these four principles are just the beginning. The results that I see from clients who go through my programs, who learn and start applying some of these principles is, is amazing. I'm personally in awe when I read end of engagement surveys, when I hear from my clients' leaders and how much progress they've seen and how much leadership maturity they're able to absorb from my clients. And this is not to brag about my coaching, not at all. This is a testament to the benefits that you can gain when you're exposed to these frameworks and these concepts in addition to learning specific leadership skills and developing frameworks to apply at work. But at the core of it is having really 
solid and effective leadership principles that guide you in your self-leadership and in your people leadership. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, Ramona, this all sounds good, but hold on, I don't remember exactly what stoicism is. Please give me the quick intro. I'm going to do that in a moment. I'm going to give you a quick introduction to stoicism. And then we're going to talk about those four specific aspects and know that there'll be more to come. I'll be talking about modern stoicism and how leaders in today's organization can benefit from it more in future podcast episodes and on social media. So if you're not already following me on Instagram or LinkedIn, check out the handles down below in the show notes to connect with me over there too. I would love to get to know you. So with that said, I want to tie you just a little bit more and get you excited about stoicism and its leadership principles. And for that reason, I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from the Greek stoic philosopher Epictetus. Now he's referencing the male pronoun a bunch. And of course, 200 AD, this was custom. And in my mind, I just always translated to people uh, to include all genders. But here is the original quote. Men are disturbed not by things, but by the view which they take of them. Or one similar to this. It's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. Next one, it's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. Or, no man is free who is not master of himself. I could go on and on and in the next episode, I probably talk about some quotes from Marcus Aurelius or from Seneca, some of the key figures when it comes to the ancient Stoic philosophy. Now, as promised, before I dive into the four ways that Stoicism helps leaders be successful, I want to quickly explain what Stoicism is. So Stoicism is a philosophy that began around 300 BCE with Sino of Citium, that's modern day Cyprus. Sino was a merchant who lost all of his goods in a shipwreck and then arrived in Athens with basically nothing. He then became really interested in reading and then soon became a student of Crete before he founded his own school, which came to be known as Stoa. And the reason why Stoa is because Sino and his philosophers, they had these discussions under what was called Stoa Poikile, which meant painted porch. And that's where the original name came from, what we now call Stoicism. Uh, Later on, then Athens sort of declined as a political power and that power was transferred over to Rome and a lot of the philosophers were then sent to Rome and that's then how the Stoic philosopher became active in the capital of the Roman Empire and that's where the work by Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus, some of the well-known Stoic leaders, was formed. And then we know, and you heard me list some of the names of the people who were influenced by Stoicism, the writings of this school of thought was then passed on over generations and some of the famous leaders that we know to this day in the US many presidents and successful business leaders are using the principles and sort of the writings from that time as a philosophy and as their own leadership principles. Stoicism also influenced psychotherapy called cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT and actually what's interesting is that psychology today and work around emotional intelligence and resilience and so forth are influenced in or at least in alignment with the stoic philosophies which I think is fascinating so these timeless principles have survived but not haven't only survived but have proven to be effective in helping people 
not only feel better, but also become the best person that they can be. And I think this is a bit where stoicism differentiates from other self-help methods that make you feel better. Uh, Stoicism really embraces that aspect of we're not just helping you feel better and cope with stress and be more disciplined and navigate setbacks, become more resilient and emotionally stable. The principles also aim to help people become a better version, develop their own character. And that is a huge part why I love this philosophy and why I have personally increasingly invested in learning more about it and practicing in, so becoming a practicing stoic. So I hope that this short introduction helped you get some context of where is this coming from, why am I bringing this up in this podcast, and most of all, how can these principles, this philosophy, how can this be useful to you today, tomorrow, and as a leader in general? And so with that in mind, here are the four ways that stoicism can help leaders be successful. The first one is to always be learning. And that means practicing this virtue or value of wisdom. While in its application, it means that you want to be curious and open-minded to learning, to read books, to invest in yourself through training and coaching and classes and courses, but also that you have this mindset that you've never reached the limit. There's always more that you can learn. You're never at that pinnacle, at which point you feel like there's nothing more to learn. There's always more that you can practice, always more that you can learn. People like Bill Gates, who read and read and read, Warren Buffett, who keeps reading and reading and reading, are practicing this principle in a very public and open way. Also, people such as Michael Chorton, for example, just say like, I I practice more, I do more, I don't ever feel like I am the best and I can stop or I can slack, I'm already good enough. But always having this open mind that there's more to learn and that you can get better and that every person around you has something to teach you. It may not always be the way that you wished or had anticipated to learn from someone, but every person around you offers you something to learn. And that's the mindset, that's the principle that inspires Stoic leaders to look at the world and people around them and then to actually apply it in whatever form or way it works for them. The second way that leaders can benefit from Stoicism is that one of the key Stoic principles is to always look for teachable moments. And this is something that I see most beneficial when leaders face setbacks, failures, problems, or challenges, including conflict at work. A practicing stewing will look at that problem and ask the question, what can I learn from this? How does this problem open up an opportunity for me to do something or see something or learn something that I would otherwise not have been able to do? Or another question to ask is, how can I see this thing that's happening outside of my control, outside of me, as not an enemy, but as an ally? How could I use this to grow? How is this something that's going to make me better? And what is something that makes me better or more effective or that establishes stronger relationships? It also looks for these teachable moments as of not just in the moment, but what can I learn from this going forward? What is maybe a mistake that happened or a challenge that I faced and then afterwards I can use this as a teachable moment to my team. I can be vulnerable in the moment and say, 
hey, this is what I was going through. And here's how I, and the reason why I'm sharing this is because I think there's a lesson for all of us to learn and being vulnerable and being open in the moment to look for those teachable moments. So seeing problems as opportunities in many different ways and constantly looking for how can we grow and learn and then sharing those out with other people as well. Now, the third way that I believe Stoicism is supporting leaders in their work is it teaches you not to act on impulses. So this idea that there's an event and this event leads to a reaction. And from a psychology standpoint, we know that it's actually incorrect. We have, it's actually incorrect because the moment that something happens, this thing that's outside of us, maybe someone snaps at you or someone cuts you off in a meeting or someone takes credit for your work you might feel totally justified to lash out or to feel frustrated or to be passive aggressive. You think that is the, you think that is totally justified response and a natural response maybe to being wronged. But this principle teaches is that between the event and our action, there is a moment where we can pause and we can choose not only how to act, but also how we interpret that external event. A classic example here is that if someone is like a rookie driver on the street, they get really upset, curse at that person and get annoyed by it. Or I can choose to think, oh my God, maybe there is a pregnant woman in the back seat. They need to rush to the hospital. My response and how I feel afterwards, completely different if I think about them being a rookie driver who's aggressive and mean and just wanted to sort of like hurt me or put me in danger, or if I choose to think that they must be desperate and they must be rushing to the hospital. Both stories are kind of made up because we don't actually know and we can't find out. But the way that I feel and the impact it has on me is way better if I choose that second option. Now, that doesn't mean that I look at the world all as rosy and no one does wrong at all, but it does mean that I can choose to interpret and I can say this person must feel really hurt because hurt people hurt people, right? So that person must be hurt or must be in a bad place and I don't need to take that on, right? I can choose my reaction because as a practicing Stoic, there's nothing more important than for me to live by my own standards, regardless of what people around me do. I want to feel good about what I do. I want to like how I show up, whether or not people are kind around me or whether they're not kind around me. I judge myself based on what I can control, which is my own behavior. And so in between an event and a reaction, there's a moment for us to first interpret the event and we do this naturally but we can recognize that we're actually doing it and we can choose to change our perspective and then we can choose the reaction to it as well and that's one of the core virtues and principles of stoicism now, being stoic lowercase stoic has a bit of a bad rep is because it means unemotional but stoics stoic with an uppercase s is actually not at all about being unemotional but it means to not lash out and to not react and overreact based on impulses. Good. So we went from this principle of building wisdom and always be learning. And the second principle of looking for opportunities and problems and challenges and looking for those teachable moments. And then the third one was to not act impulsively when events outside of us may trigger us. Now, the fourth principle is to focus on what we can control 
and not on what we cannot control. So for example, if you're in a sales team, all the things that you can control is how many calls you make a day, how well you communicate, how well you treat the prospects, how well your process is set up, the information that you provide, the number of follow-ups that you do. Those are all the things that are in your control. What is outside of control is whether or not the person on the other side says yes or no. And so instead of looking for the things and trying to control what's uncontrollable and paying attention only to that, and then also judge our work and our effort by the result that's outside of our control, that is what's often frustrating. It makes us feel like victims. It's emotionally and mentally draining. The principle of focusing on what you can control puts the power and the agency back to you because now you're realizing that I cannot control whether or not someone says yes or no, but I can control and I'm going to judge my own work and my own performance based on what I can control and that includes the number of calls I make, the number of follow-ups I make and so on and so on. It also means in things, situations such as a pandemic hitting us. I cannot control the CDC guidelines. I cannot control how fast the virus spreads outside of me maybe not going out, not sneezing on people, right? That's within my control, but everything else is outside of my control. I can also not control for how long we were in lockdown. But what I can control is what I make that mean. What I can control is what I do with this time that we're in lockdown. What I can control is how I support people around me, how I show up as a leader for my team and inside the organization. And so we channel our focus and our attention to the things that we can control. And I find particularly in startup organizations, but any fast-paced environment where so much is happening around us and change is coming at us at a faster and faster pace, the principle that you can control those things and instead you focus on what you can control is huge. And it's a critical part of becoming the calm, composed leader that people gravitate to, especially in times of uncertainty and chaos because you're able to manage yourself, your attention, your focus, and your emotions. And that is invaluable. And it's also, when I think about what makes a leader be in demand, like this in-demand leader in an organization, those are the traits that would be common patterns among those in-demand leaders. And as a quick side note, I'm doing a lot more research on this and speaking with a lot of leaders who practice stoicism. If you happen to be someone who's already interested in stoicism, I would love to talk to you and see how you use these principles in organizations. Please do message me either on LinkedIn or email me at contact at RamonaShaw.com because I'd love to chat with you about this. Otherwise, and if this is all new to you, I hope you found this inspiring. I hope you're intrigued. I hope that you leave this podcast with a different understanding of stoicism and curiosity about what that could mean for you and your leadership, but also with a couple of ideas or inspirations on how you can apply one or several of these four principles in your day-to-day work. If you'd want to make sure that you don't miss any of the future episodes that I talk about stoicism, make sure that you subscribe or follow the podcast so you get notifications when a new episode is up and running. That's what we have for you today. I wish you an amazing, productive, successful week, and I will be back right here on your phone next week. Bye for now.
If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.